Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men on a dead man's chest. Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. The ship with black sails that's crewed by the dam. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show. It's a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from scottartis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from blackpearlminute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 94 of We Finally Got Our Act Together, Keeping Our Fingers Crossed, yeah, Dead Man's Chest. too soon. I know. Now I jinxed us. A pirate jinx. Because I think I've solved some of the issues, but we've been plagued lately, is basically what's been going on. Now it's wrecking the show, it's interfering with it, you guys aren't getting the regular episodes like you're supposed to. All hell's broken loose. It's like the Kraken is in our studio. In our lives. The Kraken of our lives, I should say. But I just wasn't pleased with the audio last time and, well, okay, not at all. And my quick to perfection kind of almost resulted in me tossing the minute. Heather could attest to that. I was close to just scrapping that whole thing. And then we'd have to do some crazy, let's try and redo the minute. And that never works. It never works. Because it's like, you start to remember some of the things you said, and then it just doesn't flow right. And then you're like, well, that joke worked the last time, but oh, it doesn't (laughs) quite work this time. You have to go rewrite it all. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I decided to post as it was and get things back to usual after the great mixer debacle of 2018. But you all heard that last time, so no need to rehash as long as the audio quality is back. Nothing says death to a podcast and having like subpar audio. After all, it's all about the sound. You got that right. Hence, podcast, audio, and a pinch of content. Maybe. I'm not sure about that one. Came across something that I was going to talk about. But as I was typing up some notes about it, I figured this was a topic to cover in a bonus episode. You had that many notes? No, the topic. Where, where, are you not following this? Uh, yeah. Because one of those episodes we always like say we're going to release but never do. You know, one of those <laughs> promises that are left out there. And I vow to make pirate. it happen this time. <laughs> exactly, pirate. But I think it'll be a fun topic spanning the entire franchise. Plus, we lie a lot on the shows, I was just saying, regarding deadlines, so I want to make it happen. I don't want to lie again. Well, I do, but not for the show. The best laid plans of mice and men kind of thing. Or will this actually be broadcast at some point? That's the real question. (laughs) It is a good question, too. One we should all be asking ourselves. Very true. Yeah, ain't that the truth. In the previous minute, jealous, jilted Norrington is still feeling the pain of his lady love. The one he allowed to fall in love with as much as Commodore could. Reminisces about the past by essentially calling her loose. Nothing wins over a woman's heart quicker than letting her know you think she bounces from one fiancé to another. Speaking of Elizabeth, 
and her true will love, nothing could break that bond. Except a compass that merely points at Jack and creates a bit of doubt. Ah, Elizabeth. (laughs) Maybe she does doubt. That love is so true. She's never happy with one fiancé. I guess not. She's got to move on to the next. Yeah. And here I tried to defend Elizabeth is honor. Elizabeth is honor. (laughs) What kind of English is that? What she's made them fiancé. Eh, they're no good yeah. anymore. In the blink of an eye, she's eyeballing Jack. <laughs> now I know how Next you guys are. Next will be Gibbs. Yeah, there you go. He's a real pirate, though. That's true. And he acts like a pirate. Minute 94 begins with a rescued Will Turner aboard the Edinburgh Trader. He says to Captain Bellamy, as fast as you can. Bellamy responds, and what are we running from? Will contemplates an answer, but spots Elizabeth's dress on the chair. Runs over and says, The dress. I almost had a comment for that, but this is the <laughs> other breakdown. He ran to the dress? Yeah. Kind of walks over to it. <laughs> Hobbles over to it. The minute ends with Davy Jones watching the Edinburgh trader in the distance, approaches Bootstrap, and grabs his neck with his claw. You will watch this, are his words. So here's what I like about this minute. The interaction between Will and the Edinburgh trader crew. And I just like saying Edinburgh. Makes why, me feel like I can actually that's have That's why some you like pro- it? Yeah, because I can pronounce it. No, pronounce it. Jeez. <laughs> you know, I was so close. I was so close. And then I go and drop the ball by saying pronounce. That is just horrible. That is horrible English. Captain Bellamy throws all his men under the bus. That's what I like about this. Or the cart, uh, to be more like 18th century accurate or appropriate here. Because Will spots the dress and then gets like this distressed look on his face. Because at first I was thinking he was concerned about her, wondering, like, what the hell happened? How could she end up on this ship and then convinces everyone to go to Tortuga, essentially, to, you know, take her to the wretched hive of scum and villainy? (laughs) Then it hit me. Will wasn't concerned for her, necessarily. Not in that kind of love and destiny sort of way that we might think with Will, the romantic Will that he is. He's basically saying here, holy shiite. Elizabeth gets out of her dress on the ship with a crew full of men, (laughs) then convinces them to take her to Tortuga. I guess she is a little A place known for ladies of the night. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Firstly, what the hell? I was supposed to get her out of that dress. Damn it. That's what Will is thinking. Others got her out first. Secondly, yeah. She now wants to go to Tortuga without a dress. A place known for ladies of the night. Didn't I just say that? And other debauchery. The kind of Disney debauchery that includes ladies chasing (laughs) men with rolling pins because they stole some pies. (laughs) Damn you, Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Changing it up on us over the years. But Will's about to lose his mind. And it's no wonder he's concerned. His wedding night dream managed to be fulfilled by the crew on the Edinburgh Trader. (laughs) That's the problem. Poor Will. You can just picture him back at the cell on Port Royal looking through there with that look of desperation, that uh, randy look on his face. He was. Don't tell me he wasn't. She's all touching and touching and feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Now he spots the dress. He doesn't care about her. He's just like, oh my God, I've missed my chance. Because he's having this like moment of contemplation, though. And this is back where I started with actually Captain Bellamy. The thought I was having before I got distracted with Will and his missing the boat here. Pun intended, maybe. I don't know. 
What I like about the interaction here, this whole Captain Bellamy thing, because he admits that the crew are a bit on the crazy side. Because he clearly says... Oh, yeah. The crew thought it was a spirit. (laughs) Not him, the crew. I'm the captain here. I wasn't a part of this ghostly foolishness. But just to be safe, how about we go to Tortuga because the weird apparition wrote the destination in flames. (laughs) Really? Captain Bellamy. Nah, I didn't believe it for a second. <laughs> uh, but well, let's let's go to Tortuga anyways. It was profitable. It was, but the fact that he tries to throw the crew under the bus like they believed it, yeah. I didn't. But I might as well just hop on over to Tortuga yeah. because of the flameage on the ship. Probably a good idea. Then the others jump in. Yeah, that's foolish to think that. Well, the spirit did steer us to Tortuga in profits. <laughs> you know, it's like, it okay, yeah. good luck. I believe you, Captain Bellamy, and the Quartermaster. You guys are really selling it there. (laughs) I like that Will doesn't answer questions. Yeah, he doesn't answer any real questions Uh -uh. here. Uh -uh. You know, it's interesting because he's got his own agenda. And he's trying to dictate what needs to happen. Because he knows what needs to happen. Right. But this is the problem. And this is where I'm going to probably get into trouble because we've talked about it before. But maybe this changes it. Because if this was like Elizabeth and Will was doing this to Elizabeth and she wouldn't go along with it, I'd say, yeah, I've experienced this. When I try to tell Heather something like, quick, let's do it without the explanation. What are you talking about? No, just hang on. I'm getting there. It's like, without an explanation, we got to get the hell out of here really quick. Let's go. You couldn't do that. Physically, you can't move a muscle and listen to that advice without actually knowing why. And you'd stand your ground and say why. But, and I thought this was just like a trope in the movies until I've experienced it in real life. Because you need to know that. And we've talked about this on the show. But now I find out it's not just a woman thing. It's an anybody thing. So I'm like walking back the, what is that? Kind of the... The whole woman, man, what would that be called? The chauvinism there almost. There you go. I'm walking it back and saying now it's just a people thing. Because Will is like, let's get out of here. And the crew and the captain are like, why? They got to know the why. And Will is like, I don't have time to give you the why. (laughs) We got to get the hell out of here. There's a crew of fish dudes coming. We ain't got time for this. We ain't got time for that. Do I really? God, what sweet... Sweet Brown or what was her, who was that? That was like from ten years ago. Sweet, <laughs> Sweet Brown. I ain't got time for that. I, damn it! I'm, I can't believe you. Bro- I'm not going to be able to forget that. I'm going to be now thinking of that meme all night, and I'm going to have to watch it because you brought it up. Because I ain't got time for that. But yeah, that's right. I, I'm walking back the chauvinism and the stuff that I've brought up before with the woman thing because now I'm realizing it's a man thing. Or an anybody thing. You got to fill them in to get them to come along. So it's like, why try to hurry it? You might as well just go and fall into that. Like, let's just take a few seconds here and give the reason. It'll save us more time in the long run than having to, I'm not going anywhere. Well. Until I get an explanation. Did you notice there was a weird cut in this minute? It's not like the most elegant of edits. Because it lingers less than a second. So, I mean, it's really minor. But when you're watching it minute by minute, then you notice this kind of stuff. It's Sweet Brown, by the way. Sweet Brown? It is? Yeah. Is it, I think that's what I said, right? I think I got it. It said Sweet Baby. 
Sweet. I don't think I said that. Get out of here. <laughs> well, I went downstairs to get me a cold pop. <laughs> and it smells like something was on the barbecue. I got bronchitis. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> something like that. That's my memory of it. And if it's even close and it's sad for me, let's just say that. <laughs> it is sad for me that my brain is now remembering that. At my funeral. Wait, it hasn't been that long since my, you've watched it. <laughs> at my funeral. Okay, I admit it. I do watch it every day. That's what I wake up to. That's my morning alarm clock. Sleeping. You ain't got time for that. But yeah, the weird cut. Because in case you're wondering, that was actually second 26 to be precise. Because okay. when Will gets up to go check out the dress, okay? Yes. The camera stays on the spot where he was sitting after he leaves the frame. Why? I mean, it's not a big deal. Was there something we were supposed to see there? I looked. I didn't see anything. It's very minor, but definitely caught my attention. Like, why linger at this point at all? Follow Will instead. But it just rang like a bit sloppy, let's just say. Or maybe because of the way he leaves the frame. It would have, like, felt strange to cut to Will approaching the dress right away. I don't know. I'm not sure. It just seemed a little weird. Huh. It almost lingers enough. If they had let it go a little bit longer, yes, there's something there we are supposed to see. But there's not. And that's what's weird about it. But there was also some interesting point of view stuff here, too. Like a first-person POV thing here. POV, point of view. Where where were you? Just, like, two seconds ago. (laughs) say anything you need to get on the internet more and watch sweet brown (laughs) but the shaky handheld camera gives us this look through will's like unsteady eyes did you notice that yeah because that worked well because he's like a bit shaken anyways after escaping the dutchman and they kind of give us that rocking effect too that they're on the ship and his woman's been everywhere well he is upset that his woman's getting around Without a You didn't dress. like Ben Everywhere? No, because you know what? Ben Everywhere? I ain't got time for that. <laughs> Get, getting around is the the term that people use. You went Who too people? far astray. People in the world? She gets around? I mean, that's a common phrase from, what, the old days? It has been perpetuated. She's been song. around town. It's a beach that means song. she's going somewhere. Round, round, get around, I get around. See, that's a whole different context. That's not, people aren't listening to that song going, oh my God, what a loose woman. No, you idiot. That's not how it goes. I don't think a podcast or any radio show or anything has had a reference to Sweet Brown and the Beach Boys. All in one show. We're breaking barriers here. Seriously. And speaking of the Dutchman, this might be the first time we see Davy and other enslaved crew during the daylight. It is, actually, because you could see porcupine. Good point. Porcupine dude. Yeah, the And you could see guy. Will's, not Will, William Turner's face really well. His side where he's got some barnacles. Bootstrap Bill Turner. Yeah. Where he's got some boots. Where he's got some boots. <laughs> where he's got barnacles and... His starfish and different stuff on his face. Yeah, because it definitely adds an entire new element to the characters in the CG here. Entirely new. It is. Why are you making fun? Because she said entire new. Entirely new. <laughs> because even in the day, how dare you? You know what? I mean, seriously. If I had the foresight to hit the 
R button on our new soundboard, I would have, but I forgot about it. So you're lucky. <laughs> now I have to do it late and it's going to be lame, That's you know? Hard. There. <laughs> That's dumb. It is dumb now. But even in the day, like this daylight for you, Davy Jones looks so damn good. It's awesome. It's even more spectacular when things aren't hidden by heavy shadows in the darkness. I agree. Davy Jones looks hot. You said so damn good. I had to say hot. He does. So, Oh, now you can use phrases that are <laughs> normal for things. Because it works really well. And I said it before. ILM knocked it out of the park. And this like daylight scene proves it. It sets the stage for all kinds of CG work that's to come in the future. Because we did talk about how they pioneered technology with this movie. And that's worth mentioning. And it's worth seeing in this minute. It really does look great. It still holds up. At least on the tiny screen that I viewed it on. <laughs> because I didn't look at it on the, the big screen. I was having to do some of this from mobile technology, let's just say. Reviewing the minutes and you, things. You looked at it on the laptop. Laptop's got a good, pretty good screen on it. I did not look at it on the laptop this time. Oh. I looked at it on a smaller device, which would be called like a mobile phone. phone. How dare you? <laughs> at least mine was the iPad. <laughs> oh, really? But aren't my notes spectacular? They're always spectacular. Thank you. And speaking of... <laughs> hey, don't ever touch my soundboard. How dare you? <laughs> really? That's like eating a man's fries. Or a person's right. Yeah, there are, but don't mess with it. Seriously, you'll start, you'll cue intro music, there'll be outro music going on, it'll be all hell. I would almost get you a soundboard, but I don't know if I need you having control of the sounds. I may pull down the window that's between the two of us. That'll probably be more helpful. We do have kind of a divider, and once we get maybe our studio actually up, maybe we'll take a picture of it. But you know what else is worth mentioning since I was on the mentioning topic? The decanter. Oh, yeah. The decanter that was by the dress, that crystal decanter there. Oh, yes. Because there's a nice shot of it. You didn't see it. How could you not see it? I mean, again, oh, I looked at it on the iPad. I'm hoity-toity because I got the bigger screen. I'm on a mobile device and I'm pulling out details you didn't even see. I was more into the conversation going on. The limited conversation. Than the scenery. There was quite a big conversation okay, there. kind of. Will just chose not to answer. That's true. But Captain's Quarters on the Edinburgh Trader. Yes. Decanter, Crystal. There you go. Had some maybe rum in it. And since I know Heather is a connoisseur of rum, whiskey, scotch. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. Scotch. Yeah. Bourbon, by the way. I could go on all day about this, but we don't want to just list off all the forms of alcohol that you're fond of. But the Crystal Decanter serves a purpose, especially at this time. In the 18th century. Yes. On a ship. Holds their water. Because we're hauling rum water. That's what, <laughs> see, that's how bad, because you think that stuff is water now. You drink it like it's water. <laughs> but they're hauling rum aboard by the barrel. So you might need a decanter. According to the manual.com, throughout cinema and television history, men of importance always seem to have the decanter full of whiskey lying around. Usually Do they drink these, it? Huh? Do they drink it? Or do they just leave it lying around? It's lying around. Then they drink it. It's usually these men are in their offices or... Well, here's the kind of setup. They slowly walk across the room. A client is sitting in an uncomfortable chair before them in order to slowly pull the crystal topper out, pour themselves a glass. And if they're feeling generous, they might offer whoever is there with them a glass as well, right? 
Exactly, with a couple of ice cubes that have been sitting there for who knows how long. Yeah, ice cubes don't melt. (laughs) It's made from the same stuff that McDonald's shakes used to be made out of. (laughs) But it's got to be a trope, okay? It has to be. Yeah, and Alassie matey, I I didn't actually go trope today, so it remains to be verified. But I'm sure it is a decanter trope out there or something like that. But anyways, continuing on the manual.com, the thing on decanters. Given a reference. Why are you I'm whispering just, it to I'm yourself? Just, uh, well, never mind. For wine, there's this definitive purpose. You know, a decanter lets the wine breathe, which allows certain flavors and notes to express themselves after being stuck in the bottle. Because wine decanters don't have seals like whiskey decanters do, for one thing. You know that. You've seen it. We have a decanter. You're looking at me like a I'm deer in the headlight. No. I don't even think you know what a I'm decanter is. I'm with you. Okay. Decanting wine can also remove the sediment that might be at the bottom of the vintage. Exactly. Get it all aerated there. And for whis- aerated? Aerated. Oh. For whiskey, though, man, this is rare form. It's almost like she, uh, the hamster fell asleep at the wheel. But for whiskey, there really isn't a need for oxidizing or removing any sediment. And what comes down to this whole decanter for whiskey and stuff like that is aesthetics, really. Well, so it's if- better than having a whiskey bottle sitting there. Maybe for the look, I guess. Because if you want, and this is what the manual quotes, if you want to look particularly badass or in control, then go ahead. Put that whiskey in a decanter. There you go. See? You're right. Otherwise, Looks better than the whiskey bottle. You look more refined. Of course it looks better than the whiskey bottle. But no surprise, this all actually started with wine, this whole decanter thing. And that's why I bring it up, because it does have some connection to what we're talking about. History, kind of. Because throughout the history of wine, decanters have played a significant role in the serving of wine. And the vessels would be filled with wine from what they call amphoras, which are these like tall ancient Greek or maybe Roman jars with two handles and a narrow neck. You've oh, okay. seen them. I You've know seen those big about. things, right? Yeah. And these could easily be brought to the table or maybe where they could be more easily handled by a single servant than Makes giant sense. barrels and all this yeah. kind of stuff. And so the ancient Romans pioneered the use of glass, but after the fall of the Western Roman Empire, perhaps you've heard of it. Glass production became so scarce, causing the majority of decanters to be made from bronze, silver, gold, or earthenware. Like our rather robust collection of gold decanters that we have wine around the house. For wine? Yeah. Wouldn't that uh, change the flavor of the wine? I don't know if they care about that. Having a metallic decanter? I've never had it out of a metallic decanter, so I don't know. I would, it's like orange juice in a metallic container. I don't know container. if it's the same thing. I guess we'll have to try it. But No, no, it's okay. Have, I don't think you've ever had anything out of a gold decanter, so how would you know? I think you've had it out of like a steel what or stainless it? steel thing, what but you've you? never had like orange juice out of gold, bronze, or silver. Trust me, you I, haven't. I use my gold wine glass every night. Gold, solid gold wine glass. Exactly. Which... Has a nice monetary scale to it, but not so much for holding wine because it's solid gold. It just goes all over the place. <laughs> we have so much gold just lying around, apparently. <laughs> Anyways, the Venetians reintroduced glass decanters during the Renaissance period and pioneered the style of a long, slender neck that opens into this wide body, increasing the exposed surface area of the wine that would allow it to react with the air. Kind of what we see now. And falling into this time period, this Pirates of the Caribbean time period, because it really is nice to see the accuracy hold up here in the right. movie. Yeah. So in the 1730s, British glassmakers introduced a stopper to the decanter to limit exposure to the air. 
And since then, there has been little change to the basic design of the decanter down into modern times now. And of course, it just wasn't used for wine. As we were saying, there's a stopper for it. So that became used for other alcohols, which when you're on a ship and someone other than Heather, you just don't want a barrel in your quarters. So a decanter is nice because you can actually take it from the barrel and easily bring it into your cabin. You can store it and pour it. Exactly. Hide it. Which I hate to bring up your nickname is store and pour. Get off my soundboard. <laughs> I'm in charge of the R's Fuck. around here. So how's that? A spot of history to set the mood? Which we might need given our bootstrap has a giant claw around his neck thing going on here. I was going to ask you, what's worse than pirates? Pirates with claws? <laughs> yeah, it's not good. That claw is pretty brutal. Yeah. It doesn't Bootstraps look like I wish I had some butter right now. I mean, and and I mean, does he really feel the strength of how much force he's putting on that claw? I don't know. I don't you know, know how I mean? much how gentle it is. Yeah, it's also nice that uh, yeah, I was able to drop the movie title "Giant Claw" when I mentioned <laughs> that because it's a great. I'm mean, okay. The greatest B or C <laughs> horror movie ever created, "The Giant Claw." I mean, who isn't afraid of an ugly vulture-like puppet? That's what I have to say. I have no clue. I don't it's know. It's pretty scary. You know, and as I'm ending on the giant claw, I think that's all I got. I ain't got time for anything <laughs> else. I ain't got time for that. Did that's you have it any- for me. You didn't have anything else? Nope. Myself and Stormpour will be back with Minute 95, Dead Man's Chest. And until then, Scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. And the drinking to a maximum. Exactly. And, uh, you know... Thanks for the patience as I rest up and get energized for regular episodes. Because it's not a way to continue expanding our audience when we are spotty on the episode releases. No, it's not. You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze. But you may have noticed, actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and season two is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips. And by all means, give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew listeners group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... 
That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest, well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.